0: Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. This morning, if you have your Bibles reading out of 2 Samuel chapter 19, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 19, we're going to read uh, eight verses this morning, Amen. And trusting God for his word. Amen. Second Samuel 19, verse 1. The word of God says, Joab was told, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. And for the whole army, the victory that day was turned into mourning because on that day the troops heard it said, the king is grieving for his son. The men stole uh, uh, Um, excuse me, the men stole into the city that day as men steal and who are ashamed when they flee from battle. The king covered his face and cried aloud, Oh, my son Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And then Joab went into the house to the king and said, Today you have humiliated all your men who have just saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters and the lives of your wives and concubines. You love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. I see that you would be pleased if Absalom were alive today, and all of us were dead. Now go out and encourage your men. I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by nightfall. This will be worse for you than all the calamities that have come upon you from your youth till now. So the king got up, and took his seat in the gateway. When the men were told the king is sitting in the gateway, they all came before him. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your anointing. And I pray against distraction, division, Father God, and I pray that you would help us open our hearts to your word. Use this broken vessel this morning for your glory, that these words be your words and not my own. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. There are so many people, amen, who use social media platforms to complain. And they use these to talk bad about their employers. And uh, many young kids, they work their first jobs, and uh, they don't realize that you have to work really hard just to make a little bit of money. And instead of hustling and getting better at their job, So they can get a raise and move up. Amen. Some will get on these platforms. And uh, they will complain. And they'll make excuses for why they can't make more money or do better in life. It's always somebody else's fault. I can't move forward in life because of this. And they're using this platform. And listen, this morning, I'm not here to condemn platforms. Amen. Facebook is the devil. I'm not like... I'm not that way. I think we can use it for God's glory, amen, and we should. And so I'm not against, amen, these platforms, but I am against, amen, all the hate that is spewed on them. And uh, these words, uh, amen, uh, the, the, you know, the the most detriment part is that when you have uh, young people or uh, what they call influencers, uh, amen, on these platforms and they speak and they spew out their ideas and their ideologies and people who follow them just eat it all up. And the reality that people don't think for themselves anymore, amen, they just uh, see what's written there and because they follow them, well, that must be the gospel, amen, but that's not true. And that's what irritates me the most. But anyway, I was uh, in Maverick the other day, and I saw this young woman, amen, and uh, I got my energy drink, and I turned over, uh, turned around and looked, and she had grabbed an energy drink. And while I turned around, she was at the edge putting the drink inside of her purse. And, you know, I'm just like, what? <laughs> I, I did you know, God forgive me, I didn't say anything. I was just like, I don't know. I, you know, I couldn't prove it, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I didn't say anything. So, you know, don't don't stone me to death for that. But I just didn't, you know, I didn't say anything. And so she, you know, goes to the self checkout. And I'm sure she paid there, too. And, um, you know, pays for her uh, snacks. And then she walks away. And I'm just like, you know, no wonder these businesses can't pay people better. Because we have hard, you know, you know, hardworking people, amen. But uh, they can't get anywhere because people keep stealing and pillaging stores, and making it harder for companies to make money, amen, we like, oh, I want to make more money, well, quit stealing, (laughs) amen, you're part of the problem, then they getting, uh, you know, they get on social media, and they cry, and blame everything for everybody, you know, their problems on everybody else, and everything else, and this is not the way we should handle things, Amen. Especially as Christians. Amen. If you're on social media complaining all the time, amen, that's not really shining the light of God. Amen. And so maybe we shouldn't do that. Amen. Not only that, you also see videos of people pillaging and looting stores, and people want reform, and they are doing things that they hate others doing to them in, uh, you know, in, in all, f- you know, all for the sake of, you know, their reform or their agenda. And so they become what they hate. And I've preached a whole sermon on that before, but, you know, they, you know, they start doing things that they hate other people's doing. They steal from each other, even though they don't want people to steal from them. But anyway, so these platforms are used and these words are spewed. It's backwards and frankly hard to watch people bickering and hurting people just because they don't agree with someone's point of view. Now, I, I want to be clear this morning, amen, as Christians, we have to take stands. We have to take stands sometimes on social media, amen, but a lot of times, social media is not the place to do it, and so uh, we, instead of spewing, amen, our emotions, we should preach the gospel, amen, because every one of us is called to preach, maybe not pastor, but preach anyway, and we need to use our platforms for God's glory. Amen. But we need to be careful how we speak. So, you know, I've entitled this sermon sticks and stones, you know, by that little phrase, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The Biggest lie and, you know, ever told, right? Because words do hurt. And it is very important about how we say and how we speak. It's important that we recognize who is saying it. Amen. And what it is being said is important and not to be overlooked. So first, I want to talk about what you say. Proverbs 18, 21, very well-known scripture. People will quote it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We need to be cautious this morning that we let uh, come out of our mouth what we let come out of our mouths towards people. James 1, 26, it says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is what? Useless. It's useless. As Christians, we must learn how to speak properly. And I'm not talking about slang words and not using ain't, all right? Because I ain't going to talk about that. It goes much deeper than that. Amen. Not only do certain words mean certain things, it can depend on the context and the way that you are using it. And I'm obviously not going to sit here and give us an English lesson and tell you how to talk, amen, but what you say and how you say it matters. If I said, amen, this morning, everyone is going to heaven except those who are not saved, amen, that's a, that's a fair statement, but you could take it out of context if you just had a soundbite of me saying it, and you just, oh, you know, cut it out, and Pastor Joseph said, everyone is going to heaven. It's okay, well, no, that's not, that's not what I said but it's out of context. Not only that, but if you took what I said and changed the tone, it makes it sound like I am being mean. You know, everybody's going to heaven except those idiots that don't accept Jesus, you know, stupid people. Like, okay, I didn't say it like that. Amen. I just said, except those that don't know Jesus. Amen. And it's, and it's important that you get saved. Amen. But, you know, if I said it a different way, amen, of being obnoxious, amen, it could be wrong. That is, It's obviously no way to talk to people, but in a heated argument, oh, you can say really stupid things. I'm just saying, like uh, maybe just me. Okay, I get heated. I don't know. But words that are said when you're angry and hurt and frustrated, you're broken or you're agitated. Amen. Words that are spoken when you've lost loved ones. You're going through a painful battle time in your life, amen, where things are, they hurt, your heart is hurting, and you speak certain words, amen, and this uh, could uh, cause a detriment in your life, amen. It could be detrimental if it is said wrong. You hurt your family's feelings. You can hurt uh, those who you love the most, amen, just by speaking out of uh, frustration or during a painful time in your life. We need to take into account, uh, amen, every word that we say, we need to be cautious about how we speak. James says if you think you're you're religious but you don't know how to hold back those F-bombs, amen, when you uh, get cut off in traffic or hit your thumb with a hammer, or you fly off the handle and tell people secrets when you're mad at them. Uh-oh. Throw their past in their face. You're really good at it when we're hurt, huh? Oh, you hurt me? All right. James says your religion is useless. And we see this manifest all over the religious world. A pastor will come out and say certain things. I'll try not to say stupid things. Amen. But when he is faced with scrutiny... Over something that he has said, instead of admitting his wrong, if he is wrong, amen, he will double down and try to make excuses why he said what he said. See, what I'm talking about this morning is that we have to be willing to be corrected. Ouch, right? And this is often a really big problem when someone thinks they're right all the time and deals with pride. Because when you try to tell them that they're wrong, I'm not wrong, Pastor, you're wrong okay, sorry. I'm never right. You're always right. My bad. And this is also followed up with a lot of slander, talking behind the pastor's back. Amen. Did you hear what he said to me? Stupid pastor. <laughs> okay. I'm a little stupid sometimes. I'm sorry. You know, I can, I can handle that. Well, this is a serious problem because now all of our hard, all of your hard work is in vain. James says your, religious is, your religion is useless because you don't know how to bridle your tongue. Unfortunately, sometimes people will get on these sites and speak against their employer, and then bad things will happen. You know, if it's, if it's nice, the person will get fired. But a lot of times, because of what people say and they're following, the company ends up being under attack. See how powerful their words were? And this company that has never had a problem, they're a good company, is now attacked, pillaged and broken because somebody else's words, words were not meant to be just spewed out of our mouths. Words and the things that we say should be thought out and calculated properly. And it's my belief that God created his world to work a lot slower than it does. Just for that. <laughs> maybe not just for that but for that reason <laughs> amen so that we could stop for a second and think about what we say we came back from a uh, missions trip in Belize i think it was the first time that i had gone to belize i was so shocked and i got so upset because we were coming back through customs and uh, you know i was on i was on belize time for 7 days and i was there for almost a year and i'm going to tell you belize time it's not like American time. And, you know, we're used to everything like this. Amen. But I began to like that because I had time to think. And life was just a little bit slower so I could think and process things properly. I believe God didn't want it this fast. We get it fast here in America. But I was shocked and I was upset because the person at the TSA line was being rude. Amen. They were just like, get over, hurry up. I was like, dude, I'm not in the, like, what am I, back in basic training, bro? Like, make me hurry up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, dude, just chill. But he was so much in a hurry and it, I I just kind of, it kind of upset me because people are getting tripped over. They're getting hurt all because this guy just wants to hurry up and get everything done. He's so mad at the world. He just has this angry look on his face. Just because everything's just going so fast. His life, he probably doesn't even know what he's doing with his life. He's like, I'm just coming here, clocking in, go, you know, doing my job all day, clocking out, and that's it. But life is supposed to be slower than that. I was like, chill, dude. I'm coming. Just relax. You get my bags when I get there. Amen. But you think about that this morning. Think about the Bible and the stories and the things that happened. It wasn't overnight. A lot of things didn't happen overnight. Some things were instant. But a lot of times, God worked slowly. Amen. I think about the, uh, the prophet Elijah. Amen. Where, uh, no, he runs from Jezebel. Amen. And he's uh, sitting on this rock. He wants to die. Amen. And, and God brings an angel. And he says, here, I'm going to give you some food. Amen. So you can get your strength. And uh, he wakes up. You're still not strong enough. Here, eat some more food. Rest some more. And it's time. As time goes by, amen, Elijah has to- more time to think and process what's going on, and by the time he's at the cave, amen, Jesus, or God is standing there, amen, in a whisper, and he's saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? But it happened through a process of time, amen, and uh, not, you know, not to overuse the word like somebody we know, uh, process of time, you know, uh, maybe some of you might get that joke or not, but if you didn't, you can ask me after church because I'm not trying to get political, okay, but through the process of time, um, you know, He learned, you know, he like he had time to think. And I think that's important because we need to think about what we're saying. We live in a microwave generation and serve a crockpot God. Slow cooking. Amen. (laughs) So maybe we should slow down and take into consideration the words that we are about to speak. No? Yes? Amen. In our scripture this morning, we have Joab who is speaking to the king. Amen. I want you to realize that. He's speaking to the king, David, the myth, the man, the legend. Amen. Not some dude on the street that he doesn't know, but the king, the hefe, you know, you, know, you know what I mean. The big guy. Verse 5, Then Joab came into the house of the king and said, Today you have disgraced all your servants, who today have saved your life, the lives of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives, and the lives of your concubines. King David. I mean, that's some heavy language from Joab. And he was laying it on the king. But sometimes things have to be said. And that's the other side of the matter. But what you say and how you say it matters, which leads me to my second point, which is who says it. Let me ask you a question this morning. Now, I'm assuming that a lot of us have, and correction can come in different ways and forms. But let me ask you something. The last time your pastor corrected you, how did you take it? Not only how did you take it, but was he right? We had a young man coming to church, this church, amen. He was doing great serving Jesus, but he lacked getting involved. Amen. And we're in our church. We, know we want people to get involved. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that because we should all be involved in our local church. Can I get a witness? Amen. We all need to be involved in our local church. So Pastor Martin, being a good pastor, amen, challenged him after church, to step it up and get involved. Well, apparently he was offended by this. He stopped coming to church. The question is, was it the words being spoken, or was it his pride and the inability to be corrected? See, this, the difference in our scripture than a lot of sometimes us when we're corrected is that David was able to be corrected. Even by someone was, who was under his leadership. Listen, Joab was under King David's leadership. And David was still able to be corrected by the way Joab spoke to him. The question is, can you? Do you know who I am, pastor? You don't speak to me like that. (laughs) I am. I am Joseph. I am pastor Joseph. Who do you think you are? (laughs) That's pride, by the way. And I had an older lady in one of my churches. She was single, and uh, she wanted to date this man she never met, who was getting out of prison. Sounds legit, right? (laughs) And I'm a younger pastor. You know, I'm I'm quite younger than she is. Amen. So she comes and asks for my guidance, and I told her what any good person would say, and it's not a good idea. And when I mentioned, you know, hey, this is, you know, you don't know the guy, this, you know, he's just getting out of prison, you just met him online somehow, I, you know, you're writing him letters in prison, I'm like, I wasn't trying to be rude, but I was just, you know, it's not a good idea. And she conveniently points out my age. Well, you're young, so I don't expect you to understand. <laughs> really? <laughs> So she's like, it's kind of weird getting your advice because you're younger than me. And I'm like, and in my mind, the only reason it would be weird is if you didn't see a problem dating a man convicted of felonies that you had never met before. That's the only reason it would be weird. And not only that, you are ready and willing to move to where he lives and get married and help him. I mean, it's like ready to leave the church and everything like, but I'm a young pastor, you know. And I I thank God this morning, because she didn't go through with that. You know, and shocker, the guy ended up being a real scumbag. And he was trying to two-timer and all this stuff. You know, go figure. And I guess this young pastor wasn't so bad after all. But what I'm saying this morning is that who speaks into our lives matter. Those that we lend our ear to better be careful as well what they let come out of their mouths. Well, I went to them for advice. Amen. Well, if somebody comes to you with, for advice, amen, you better ask God what you should say. You shouldn't just spew out the first thing on your mind because you, I, I've mentioned this before, but um, Pastor Marty Carnegie preaches a sermon about meaning well, and people can mean well all the time. People can speak into your life, and they mean well. They think they're doing you a favor, but it is not from God. And it sounds good. It looks good. Oh, that must be good. Not always. That's why we need to be careful about what we say. We need to, amen, be in God's word, amen, so that we don't make a mistake. We're careful what comes out of our mouths. Proverbs twelve fifteen. the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. without counsel, plans fail. With many advisors, they succeed. Psalms 1, 1b, amen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen, we better not walk in the counsel of those who lie, whose life is not filled with the things of God. They need to be filled with the things of God, amen. We're not going to seek counsel, amen, from thieves and, you know, bitter people and liars. Those who bicker all the time, amen. It's probably not a good, wise decision To get counsel from them. This often means for me, at least I have questions or if I need guidance, I first ask God and read my Bible. And if I'm still struggling, amen, to understand what I need to understand, I will reach out to my pastor. And, uh, you know, I will reach out to my pastor friends. I will seek for wise counsel from those who serve God. From those who serve God and are filled with the Holy Spirit, and seek God first in their life. I'm not going to ask you about counsel, amen, if you're not serving Jesus Christ. If you have no fruit in your life, why would I be getting counsel from you? No offense. And sometimes, these my pastor friends will help me, and sometimes they will have something to say, but sometimes... They won't have something to say because they're men of God, and they know when to speak and when not to speak. And I trust them for that. My third point is when to speak. James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Proverbs 16, 24, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. When I think about words and wise counsel and when to speak, I think about Jesus. And he's standing before Pontius Pilate, Matthew 27, verse 11. We're going to read this. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. So here Jesus speaks. And while while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, Jesus answered nothing. He didn't say anything. And then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But Jesus again answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Wait a minute. He didn't say anything, and he marveled greatly? Because sometimes not saying something is saying something. Yes. Jesus is willing to admit that he is who he is. But you could also say this morning that Jesus understood the assignment. Because he knew that he could easily be let off the He could talk himself out of this. He was Jesus. But they had no real case against him. But he didn't cast his pearls before swine. He never cursed at those who hurt him. He never retaliated. He only spoke wise words, and only when they were fitting. In our scripture, King David is being human. Can you say amen? He's being human. He just lost his son. Even though his son was getting rebellious, his son was trying to kill people, kill him, he was still David's son. And I think we can all agree that no matter how bad our kids are, we still love them. And we don't want them to be hurt. But the truth and the reality was that there were many people who sacrificed and gave their life to protect King David, not only from their normal foes, but from his own son. And as heartbroken as, heartbroken as he was, the king's absence of words was, being, was causing great distress because people needed their king to speak. Verse 2 and 3 of our scripture, as all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. They were broken. They were hurting because there were no words uh, being spoken by David except for Absalom, Absalom, my son, Absalom. And the people needed to hear from their king. But because he was weak being, amen, what was supposed to be a good day was now a bad day. Which brings me back to the proverb, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. This means this morning that we need to learn when to and when not to speak. Not only that, but we say, you know, what we say better be thought through, calculated, and spoken with love. And this doesn't mean that we don't use stern voice. I mean, Joab did. He like, and it worked because David could be corrected. But David, in his grief, he had to pull himself together and speak just like sometimes, no matter how we feel, we're going to have to speak up. And we're going to have to say what needs to be said. But we need to make sure this morning that what we say is supposed to be said by us, especially. And when it's supposed to be said, and with the right intent. Listen this morning. People's lives can be hanging in the balance by what you do or do not say. Not spewing out on social media, but rightly timed, dividing truth, thinking before you speak. David had to get past his issues with losing his son, and be the king that he needed to be for God's people. Many times as pastors, we are scrutinized by people for what we do or do not say, or even what we do. And when we have bad days, we can't just walk away and not do our jobs. We must preach the gospel no matter how we feel. No matter what happens, we must be about our father's business. Now listen, that doesn't just apply for pastors. It's the same for every Christian that follows Jesus Christ, amen. To be Christ-like, and to be Christ-like, even when we're under heavy duress, just like Jesus was, we have to be like Christ, and we have to speak and not speak when we're supposed to. Jesus was falsely accused, and he could have said many things, but he didn't, because his thoughts were weighed and balanced, just like our thoughts should be weighed and balanced before we speak. It would be easy to try to defend ourselves, wouldn't it? And it seems like, especially when we get attacked anyway, and it happens all the time on social media. Because you, I, uh, I, kn- I didn't even think about this till now, but I saw this post the other day. It's really funny because it made sense. It show. I don't even remember what the picture was. I think it was a picture of a doorknob or something, or no. What was it? I don't know, it was a, a cloud or something. It was like, this is a cloud. Now let's argue about it. And there was thousands of comments <laughs> arguing. Well, how do you know the cloud is, you know, it's a cloud? How do you know the cloud wants to be called a cloud? And it just proves the point that people right. want to argue. Right. People want to just spew out words. This is nonsense all the time. Just, oh, you know what? I got something to say. Right. Amen. But we'll take account for every word that we say. It needs to be calculated. It needs to be thought through. If we're arguing about the color of a cloud, or if it's a cloud, if it's fluffy, it doesn't want to be fluffy. Who cares? You're wasting your words. Thank you. We cannot be wasting our words, Christian. There are lives that hang in the balance for our words. Just like David stood before his people, he had to be corrected for one. It did matter what was said to him. What we say matters. Who says it matters. How we receive it matters. So I'll challenge us this morning. We need to pray that God helps us with the way we speak. That when we speak, we will speak the words of God and the words that he would have us speak. Listen this morning. This will take prayer and a very close relationship with God. Without a very close relationship with God, without drawing near to him every day. We're going to find ourselves saying a lot of stupid things and wasting a lot of time. There are words that need to be said, and there are words that are fitting, and then there's words that are not to be said, and they are not fitting. And we need to find the mind of God every day to speak the words that God has for us to speak. Could I have every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment?